So the same emotional and chemical experience occurs from when I was a kid, even though it's a completely different scenario, whether it's romantic or friends or whatever it is. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. This podcast is all about my experience of moving from anxiety and depression, diagnosed by the way, panic attacks, you name it, to a place where I don't experience those. Because I mean, here I am in a public situation, not really phased, <laughs> not phased at all, actually. And um, I get the Italian stare. So I'm living in Italy at the moment. I get the Italian stare, right? When people walk past me, wondering what the heck I'm doing. And then they'll come up to me and speak Italian. And then they expect me to speak Italian, but I don't. Um, I, well, very, very subpar Italian anyway. <laughs> now, uh, this episode is about this one interesting statement that I've made before on social media and got a lot of backlash actually, which is really interesting. You don't need inner child work. You don't. You don't need inner child work to heal, right? There's you know a lot of advocacy around inner child work, which I think is fantastic. There's a place for it. It's brilliant. Uh, there's a lot of advocacy around things like cognitive-based therapy, which I'm a big fan of, right? And around neuro-linguistic programming, which again, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of all of these actually. But none of them, none of them singularly are needed, right? This is something that I got stuck on for so long, which was the fact that I need meditation to heal, right? I was stuck on that, right? I need meditation. To heal. I, I think it's really critical, but at the same time, for me, <laughs> for another person, I can guarantee there are multiples out there, in fact, multiple millions out there probably, that have found their own method that's been outside of some sort of meditation, right? Like meditation doesn't even need to necessarily be this like chanting om and sitting still, right? It can be in various forms. People find it through psychedelics. People find it through yoga. People find it through surfing, right? Like that is, there are forms of meditation that people can find because meditation is simply an ability to be in a place of um, insight or in a place of stillness, right? And once again, right, I just got the um, good old Italian stare. The guy just like, Steering, 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 walking past. <laughs> I wonder if he's actually listening to me saying that as well as I'm saying it right now, because he's not in camera shot, but he will be in a moment. Anyway, <laughs> it's so funny. I laugh every time, eh? Because it's like so blatant. It's just so not in my culture, right? Back in New Zealand, people don't do that. Like, yeah, they'll look at you. They might like judge you a little bit and like, you know, like, but then they just get on with the business and then they just worry about their own life. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure they do it too. It's just, it's more prolonged, which is very fascinating. Now, the reason why these one thing, these one singular things aren't necessary is because of this one thing, right? If I want to get over a specific trauma in my life, the requirement isn't the method. The requirement is the result, right? This is what we get really stuck in. It's like saying, in order for me to lose weight, I have to be a runner. In order for me to lose weight, I have to go to the gym. In order for me to lose weight, I have to be ketogenic. I have to be carnivore. I have to be vegan. That is absolutely bullcrap. In order to, for it to get the result of weight loss, I need to be in a technically an energy deficit. In other words, the amount of calories that my body currently is utilizing is more than the amount of calories that I am ingesting in some shape or form. And yes, utilization can come in the form of, you know, if I'm uh, eating terribly, then my metabolism is probably going to drop, which means that my body is using less energy, right? So at the end of the day, it's all about energy balance. Yes, there are various components that come into it, but that is a scientific fact, right? Now, that is the essence of what's required. Now, what can actually boost my metabolism are various other maybe forms of diets or various forms of activity that can make me use more energy so that I can actually burn more energy, right? It's not that I'm just beating the scientific fact of <laughs> the energy balance factor. The same goes with this. At the end of the day, what's required is that these groups of neurons that are associated with a past trauma that always triggers um, adrenaline in my brain and body when I have any thoughts about this idea in my life and this trauma then bleeds into my day-to-day -day life, 
that is a trauma bleeding into my life currently, which can then be changed by having those groups of neurons that do trigger on those moments become less triggered when they do get triggered or reassociate them so that they don't cause the trigger, which is essentially the same thing, by the way, <laughs> in, in a way that leads to the adrenaline production, right? In order for me to do that, I want to really briefly explain how that works, okay? When there is a trauma, which is a deep emotional memory that I, that I was created at some stage in my life, it doesn't need to be my childhood, by the way, it can be like people get PTSD, which is post-traumatic depression from times in war, times of war, from a car crash, right? These things can happen in your 20s. These things can happen in your 30s. These things can happen in your 70s. It doesn't matter your age. You can develop trauma at any time. And when this trauma develops, groups of neurons form that wire themselves to signal what's called the amygdala to trigger and activate, which is a threat detection center in your brain. And this then triggers a production of adrenaline secreted from your brainstem. Okay, your brainstem secretes adrenaline into the body. And then the body as well then secretes adrenaline from the kidneys. And then the body as well starts to produce what's called cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And cortisol then gets also as well, because it can get past the blood-brain barrier, gets into the brain as well, which creates a cycle of stress and a cycle of overwhelm. Because now I've got stress circulating, not just in my brain, but also in my body, and then back into my brain. So it's this crazy cycle of stress. And that was all triggered because these groups of neurons triggered during that moment of trauma. Now, if I say was abandoned when I was a child by my dad, right? Let's just say I definitely wasn't, but let's just say I was, okay? I'm like my dad, incredible dad, love him to bits. Now, what's going to happen is anytime in a relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's with friends, whether it's with family, that that person isn't showing me the affection and the love that I feel like I need in the way that I need it, then I'm going to feel afraid of them abandoning me, right? Or if there's any hint of them maybe leaving me, I'm going to develop anxiety around that. Why? Because these same groups of neurons that were developed during that trauma of my childhood of me being left by my dad, abandoned by my dad, right, are going to then bleed into my current situation because there, were, there was a associated experience in my day-to-day that is symptomatic of something that's happened when I was younger, which was the abandonment, right? Now, when that happens, the same groups of neurons fire and the same cycle of adrenaline being released from the brainstem and adrenaline being released from my kidneys and cortisol being released in my body, which then creates, again, the cycle of stress that occurs. So the same emotional and chemical experience occurs from when I was a kid, even though it's a completely different scenario, whether it's romantic or friends or whatever it is. But it's because of the trauma that was, that was created. Now, the thing that changes it is just this. When I am able to create a scenario where these same groups of neurons no longer trigger my threat detection center, my amygdala, as strongly, and when that is a less active region of my brain, in that scenario, I am therefore less triggered and therefore I have less, I will have less adrenaline secreted and I'll have less stress circulating through my body and therefore I'll be less in a state of fight or flight and therefore I'll be less reactionary in those moments. So that's the shift that we need to make and that is the consequence that we want to get through the methods, right? So whichever method that is for you, it doesn't need to be inner child work. It doesn't need to be CBT, right? Cognitive-based therapy. It doesn't need to be psychedelic practices or meditation. It doesn't need to be any of this. I'm simply going to share, right, the things that worked really well for me because traditional therapy didn't work well for me, nor did inner child therapy. In fact, I've worked with a lot of clients that came to me and said, like, I've just been doing therapy and inner child work and none of that's really worked for me. I haven't been able to stick with it. I brought up a lot of the stuff, but nothing's really changed, right? I was able to talk about a lot of the stuff and face a lot of the stuff, but why do I still get triggered in these moments? Why do I still hold on to sadness? Why do I still feel depressed? Why, do I, why am I still in avoidance? It's because 
even though maybe they brought the stuff up, it wasn't properly addressed in the way that they needed to address it so that those same groups of neurons therefore trigger the amygdala less and therefore stimulate less adrenaline and cortisol in the brain and body. So that is the consequence that we want to get to. And the thing that's worked best for my life, this is me, has been meditation because it means that I've been able to sit with the feeling to a point where I've developed an ability to expose myself through exposure therapy to these experiences in my mind that get triggered, such as the fear of abandonment or such as jealousy in relationships or such as the anxiety around finances. And I've been able to sit with that feeling to a point where I become so okay with feeling that feeling and so I feel so safe with visualizing the worst case scenario that comes to my mind that I get anxiety about to the point where I am so desensitized to exactly those thought processes which have been triggered from the groups of neurons that were formed from at some, some stage in my life that was emotionally turmoil. So therefore, my amygdala triggers less, right? And basically, it's just teaching that. It's repetition, right? And, and basically, when I do that enough times, I create a safe environment. I meditate with it. And yes, it sucks at the time. It stings. It hurts, which is why people go and you know say, when I meditate, I feel anxious. It's, it's not that it causes anxiety. It's the anxiety was already there, but it's, you're just looking at it now, right? You're just like you finally went into that scary room in the house that you always avoided and now you're actually in the room but if you want to get over the scary room in the house you need to go into the scary room in the house if you always avoid it you'll never get over it right if you want to get over snakes you need to go to a conservatory that has snakes or even a freaking zoo right and look at the snakes right or give yourself a, a situation or scenario that allows you to maybe even hold a snake safely right whatever that is but it's going to allow you to get over that fear of snakes the only way to get over that fear is to expose yourself to it in order for me to get over my my fear of heights and my fear of flying, I had to expose myself to those fears time and time again until I desensitized myself to it and started to feel safe around it. It's the exact same process when it comes to actually moving through trauma, from my experience anyway, because you know I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are probably going to you know cancel this and like say this is so wrong and you know that's fine. Like I mean that, that's that's if that's what you you feel is the thing that is most important for you right but this worked really well for me i mean like i'm a living example i've got 50 plus success stories that i can share i'm on my website if you want to go look and you know it's been using this exact method that i've been sharing and understanding that i've been sharing it has worked really well right but it's not to say that maybe it works for everyone i'm sure there's many people that it won't work very well for in terms of this understanding and the methods that i've used right so it's important that you yourself gain a better understanding as much as you can around okay well what is trauma understanding that it is um, some form of emotional memory that is tied deep within my mind or my brain that it gets triggered in my day-to-day or you know in my week by week or year by year or whenever it gets triggered it will still get you know it'll be there somewhere right it'll get triggered in my in somewhere in my life but there is some sort of emotional memory that's tied to that and we call that trauma trauma doesn't need to be a big big capital t where we call it ptsd right it can be something that is a lowercase t right such as my partner looked at me funny right or someone laughed at me when i was a kid right literally it can be that that can be trauma, right? It doesn't need to be this exaggerated thing. And, you know, trauma is such a loosely thrown around word and such a misunderstood word, which is why I wanted to try to simplify it as much as I could for you. So hopefully you can get a better grasp on it, you know, because that's definitely served me. So hopefully it serves you. Um, with that being said, if you found that this podcast, this episode benefited you anyway, I'm sharing it would mean a lot. And what would mean just as much as if you left a comment or a review, or even at the very least, just rated this, um, you know, podcast, it would take literally five seconds. You scroll down, you press the, you know, stars, however many you want to rate. I don't care if you rate me once or at least your rating. I appreciate that other way. <laughs> but anyway, with that being said, I love you guys and I'll see you next time.